0: Cheers! Sure. Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's going to hit you in the head with a rock. We're going to do it, and you're going to die. That's fucked up. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the mid-season finale for season four, Tangerine. I believe this is chapter 66. Yes, Pete. Did you want to say something right off the bat?
1: Right off the bat. Tangerine, Tangerine, Tangerine. Well, what are you... So I thought You're not doing this,
0: anything Oh, oh, you were doing the, my trigger
1: Yeah, I was trying to trigger you Obviously it didn't work Here's the problem, Pete, I am all dark side There okay. is no right. about, side to be what's Wait, I think thing. I know what it is Uh-huh Oreos, Oreos, Oreos I'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> Ah, I knew it <laughs> There you go, you did it
0: Oh, my goodness. The title of this episode, Tangerine, ostensibly comes from Tangerine, which is a excellent movie that everybody should check out. It was filmed entirely on iPhones, and it follows a trans sex worker when she comes out of prison. She finds out that her boyfriend has been cheating on her and wanders through, I believe it's Florida. I think I want to say Florida uh, to try and find him. It has nothing at all to do with this Riverdale episode Yeah, why as usual. You? But you know what? Check out Tangerine, probably streaming somewhere right now. Random plug, dude. Random, Random plug. plug, but it's a good movie. Everybody should check it out. Let's you get into the recap. At, it's all shot on iPhones. Oh, really? Yeah. What is that? You're more of an Android
1: man. No, I just no, I just uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I feel like anybody could do that.
0: Yeah. All right. We should just probably uh, preface this podcast before we get into the recap part. Pete is coming from his uh, from our comedy theater's holiday party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're a little sauced right now, right? Oh,
1: okay. Cool. We're just throwing shit. I'm putting our laundry out there. Huh? Listen, man. You're we tired. gotta be we you're gotta tired. be honest about this stuff. How's it feel? Everybody knows now, Zalbin. Everybody knows.
0: No, man. Drinking is cool. It's really cool that you did that. So
1: fuck you. I caught a holiday party short to be here. You fucking asshole.
0: I appreciate that. You used up the one free drink ticket and then headed over this way. So I thanks, got man. <laughs> Let's get into the recap because there's a ludicrous amount of things that we need to set up to explain this episode because yeah, good luck. Oh my God. So much went on. I'm sure I'm going to miss a million things. The first uh, five
1: minutes was insane. Just completely packed with shit.
0: So many things you need to understand. Uh, Let's start with Jughead Jones. Now, Jughead Jones has been attending an elite prep school called Stonewall Prep. There's a couple of students there, including a guy named Brett Weston Wallace, a lady named Donna Sweet. They've been a little sketchy, a little weird. We've suspected they've been part of a secret society called the Skull and Quill Society, but they denied it during a heated Never Have I Ever game a couple of episodes back. Additionally, Jughead has suspected that his professor, Francis DuPont, who is the current ghostwriter of the Baxter Brothers series, a series of novels that are somewhat like the Hardy Boys, in fact plagiarized the first Baxter Brothers novel from his own grandfather, Forsyth Pendleton Jones I, who was previously a student at Stonewall Prep. Now, as part of this, this doesn't quite play into the episode, but I think we're going to end up talking about it later. He revealed this information that he thought it was stolen to his first professor, Mr. Chipping, and Mr. Chipping subsequently committed suicide Uh, after Mr. Chipping committed suicide. It came out. That Donna Sweet and Brent Weston Wallace, at least, said that the reason was that Donna and Mr. Chipping had a relationship that had gotten a little out of control. He had ended up uh, abusing her and he, she was going to report it. It was an extramarital affair uh, and he would have been kicked out of the school. So instead, he committed suicide that's kind of where we left things with that. In addition, there was a contest happening in the school to become the new ghostwriter for the Baxter Brothers novels. In order to do that, you had to write a story about the perfect murder and the first three chapters. Jughead was wavering about it, he was investigating mysteries instead, but as of last episode, he got his mojo back and was going to go ahead and write the story, and he was very excited about it. Now, meanwhile, his girlfriend Betty has been dealing with a lot of other things, including the reappearance of her half-brother, Charles Smith. Of note, though it doesn't come into this episode, Charles Smith is also Jughead's half-brother. Funny thing about that, they share a half-brother even though they're dating, don't worry about it, not a big deal Uh, Betty is teaming up with Charles Smith, he's a member of the FBI, an agent of the FBI And they've been solving mysteries together, including they were taking down the farm A cult that was run by a guy named Edgar Evernever Edgar Evernever was in a relationship with a woman named Evelyn Evernever Who initially we thought was his daughter, turned out it was his wife among many wives Because that's how cults work, people. Edgar died, but as part of the cult, a couple of things happened, including he would help, quote-unquote, heal people by making them confront their dark sides. One of the things that he did with Betty is he made her confront her dark side, but using hypnotism and we thought drugs, though it's never been totally specified, he made her see her sister, Polly Cooper, as her dark side, as Dark Betty, which is something that she has wrestled with over the course of four seasons, she <coughs> excuse me, uh, discovered that she has something called the serial killer gene, which is sort of a real thing, but not exactly a real thing, but the way they deal with it. In the show is essentially she has a dark side that could come out at any moment. Charles Smith, by the way, also has that dark side. He has teamed up with his lover, Chick, the true hero of
1: Riverdale. Oh, don't, who, you had to fucking throw that in. There's no way that's in the recap, you asshole. No, it's important to know. It's important Bullshit, to know. because you piece of ass. We're going to be talking about Charles
0: Watt, and you have to understand that his motivation is to You're save douche. Betty, of course. Stop pushing your secret agenda Chick. and fucking do the recap. He makes him a good guy. You're drunk, Pete. You're drunk right now. You're Don't even asshole. worry about it. You're drunk I know that with power. You...
1: You're drunk with power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that normally you love chick, but you're drunk, so you're you're getting angry and belligerent about it. So we'll we'll Fuck just roll up. on from there. Don't even worry about it. Uh, what else about Betty? She is back living in a house with her mother, Alice Smith. Alice Smith was also in the cult of the farm. She was a double agent for the FBI for a little while, but that doesn't really play in here. Uh, and they are also living with FP. The Sheriff of Riverdale, who is Jughead's father, F.P., made a little bit of a deal with Alice a couple of episodes back where he realized he could be the Sheriff of Riverdale, but he could also be the Serpent King, the head of the South Side Serpent, the gangs. That's where he came from. That's what he still likes. He likes that dark side of himself as well, and he likes getting into it. Now, FP has very tangentially been helping out with Archie Andrews Community Center. Archie Andrews Community Center is a boxing gym. It's in the bad part of town near Sketch Alley, and he's been trying to help out the underprivileged youth there by keeping it open for long hours. It's been suggested to him he could bring in volunteers, he could set up a tip line, but instead what he's decided to do is put on a mask, grab a bat, and beat the shit out of criminals on the street. Because he's Archie Andrews, and that's what he does. That got on the bad side of a criminal named Dodger, who runs the sketchiest place on Sketch Alley. Of course, a video game arcade. <laughs> Total shiver there. Oh, come on, man. You still love him. Don't be an I, asshole. I gotta tell you what. Uh, the most fucked up part about that video game arcade, they also give out free pizza parties. Oh. Terrifying. that It sounds like heaven. <laughs> it does sound like heaven. Yeah. Ooh, baby, do you know what you're worth? Ooh, baby, heaven is a place on earth. San Junipero takes place in a video game arcade. (laughs) It's all full circle. San Judapero is also a city in Riverdale. It's all coming together. Maybe I'm a little drunk as well. So uh, let's get through this. Uh, Archie Andrews, meanwhile, has been tangling with the Dickinson family. The Dickinson family has a number of members, including Darla, who is the mom, maybe... A little unclear. There's a guy named Dodger, who is the main adversary of Archie. And there's a couple of other kids, including Fagin and another one that I'm not remembering, but they all come straight out of Charles Dickens. uh, And they have been running Sketch Alley. They've tangled with Archie a couple of times. Uh, The last member of the Core Four that you should probably know about is Veronica Lodge, now called Veronica Luna. She has been tangling with her father, Hiram Lodge, who has restarted the rum trade, his rum business, and is also the new mayor of Riverdale. Mm -hmm. Veronica, meanwhile, to combat him, has decided she's going to make her own rum, even though she's a teenager and she is managing at least two businesses right now, including Pop Steiner and... Excuse bon me, La Bonne Yes, the uh, nightclub for teens that is under Steiner. Uh And she's also been applying to colleges. She turned down Harvard last episode because her dad got her into Harvard. Fuck Harvard. I, I, sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean... I'm, it, I'm just repeating the message of the show. Sure. The message is, though, is fuck Harvard. Everybody go to Riverdale Community College because yeah. that's what we got to do next season. RCC I'll tell you what I would straight up buy an RCC shirt I would be very interested Uh, in that a sweatshirt Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Uh, So Veronica has been wrestling with all of that. You should also probably know about what's going on with Cheryl and Tony. Now, Cheryl has been living in a house with the corpse of her brother, Jason Blossom. This actually came from her time in the farm, similar to how Betty was seeing her dark Betty self on Polly Cooper. There was a visual cue there. Uh Cheryl was dealing with her own trauma, which was the death of her brother Jason Blossom in the first season by Anna seeing Harding the dead doll. Well, we'll get to the doll in a second. By seeing the dead brother of her body Jason, she decided to stick with it and take her brother Jason and bring him back to Thistle House where she lives. She also had a creepy sailor doll named Julian, who she thought until recently was her third triplet, who she ate in the womb, and his spirit was do. haunting the doll. Yeah, very normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she found out thanks to Mrs. Burbold, the school guidance counselor, that in <laughs> fact, not none of that was true. And her girlfriend Tony has been very supportive. The, the greatest time. girlfriend
1: of all time, this Tony Chopas. Come on.
0: Legitimately. I love my wife. Tony Topaz is a better girlfriend.
1: (laughs) You can't say stuff like that. I mean, it's true, though.
0: Nobody is more supportive than Tony Topaz. Tony Topaz is 90% support, 10% she-goblin. I think we could be pretty clear about about that. that, But That woman is very
1: amazing in a lot of ways.
0: Uh, all right, let's get into it, because there is so much, as you mentioned, that went on this episode. So it kicks off with something that I was really surprised about. Now, it kicks this off- is
1: When I knew it was going to be batshit crazy is when it starts with low-key, like, oh, by the way, Jughead, thanks for reading two sentences of your story, you win the contest. If that is like... We've been waiting on that for a while If they just threw that in first Then this this episode was just Insane from then on
0: So the crazier part about it though is He reads his submission to the Baxter Brothers Mystery contest And it ends with uh, The boy in the river So clearly like he got into Stonewall prep By writing a story about the Gargoyle King A real thing that happened to him And masquerading it as fiction And here his Baxter Brothers Mystery is just about Jason Blossom yeah. So he's just writing shit that
1: happened to him. Hey, why, Ben? Write what you know. Why are you mad at him?
0: That guy's got art. like
1: he's gonna be writing. Uh, he's gonna be a professional writer, and you're just jealous.
0: Yeah, I guess I am. I wish I was Jughead Jones yeah, writing my insane convoluted novels in Popstainer. Actually, I do wish that. Yeah, I (laughs) do wish So he wins, and DuPont loves it, gives him the contract. Brett Weston-Wallace, super pissed about it, doesn't like that at all. Uh, But the caveat that he learns here is in order to get the contract, DuPont is very specific. Buddy, you got to play by the rules. The rules. And if Jughead is not good at one thing... It's writing novels. But the second thing is playing by the rules.
1: <laughs> you're an asshole. But yeah. you're right. I mean, it's true.
0: It's he true. Hates, that guy hates rules. He does hate rules. He also heavily suspects DuPont at this point. We'll get to what actually happens or maybe actually acts as a second. Ooh. But as we jump all over the place, we find out Veronica hasn't gotten into Dartmouth.
1: And that was I, her backup school. Her backup school is Dartmouth. What was your backup school, Pete? Oh, fuck. Uh, RCC. Hmm. RCC, Riverdale Community College. You're goddamn right. Yeah. Ah,
0: I wish I had gone for that. My backup school was Yale.
1: (laughs) You went Cornell and your backup school was Yale? I mean, not
0: exactly. I actually, the only schools that I applied to, I applied to Cornell, Early Decision, we talked about this on the last episode. Yeah, we did. I applied to Cornell Early Decision. I applied to Yale. That was my reach school. And it's funny like, how
1: we keep talking about you going to Cornell. It's weird how that keeps up. It's weird coming. how that keeps
0: coming up yeah. totally naturally in conversation. I
1: don't know if it's that natural.
0: Very naturally. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my my safety school was uh, the Sunnis. Like, I applied to yeah. the Sunni thing, so... Would have just gone there. But instead, I went to Cornell University uh, and Ivy League College. But that's not important boom. to the episode. <laughs> uh Hiram Razzer her says she's not gonna get to Columbia either. Yeah. And suggests she goes to Riverdale Community
1: College so she can have time to launch her Rum Empire. Now this this is really starting to bother me because Veronica keeps being like Super smart and aware of her dad, but then also, like, every time she thinks she's a step ahead, her dad gives her, like, super clues of what he's doing, and then she's completely shocked by it. Oh, good luck with your live interview (laughs) in person with the person from Columbia. I sip some tea. Look at the camera. Come on, Veronica. Come on. He also, frankly, has good ideas,
0: like... If she is going to start her rum empire, if that's what she is planning on doing. Yeah, because yes. she keeps telling him it's pl- her plan. Well, but what I'm saying is, like, he's the shitty part is he's right. Like, she should go to Riverdale Community College if she wants to start a rum empire. Also, she Who's should Whose side are you on? I'm on Hiram's side. Oh, Hiram, God. Chick, Penelope. They're the <laughs> best characters <laughs> in the show, Pete. What do you think about that? You're an evil fuck. <laughs> I like Hal Cooper I like the Gargoyle King I like Clifford Blossom I'm running out of characters Dodger, I like Dodger Alright, stop Okay, I'll stop uh, So then we jump over to F.P. and Archie A very funny scene where uh, FP, <laughs> yeah. F.P. finally being a good sheriff for once yeah. walks Hey, off. is this you? Yeah,
1: yeah shows yeah, him a me. picture
0: of the vigilante And Archie's like, yeah, it is me with me arch way to hold
1: out there buddy
0: archie zero guile whatsoever just straight up is like yes uh i'm the vigilante and there's actually a great line in here so they continue to use fred andrew's death as a thing to power archie's storyline and I don't know, I maybe I'm being a little bit of a sucker, but it keeps working for me on an emotional level. Like, they're really drilling into it. And this was specifically about Fred, obviously, not Luke Perry, but there's a line that Archie says where he says, people die changing tires on the side of the road yeah. when FP tells him you could die doing this. Yeah. So Archie's like, if I can help some people, what does it matter? We could die at any point, but he's clearly tying it back to his dad. But at the same time... As he realizes towards the end of the episode, it's destructive behavior, right, Pete?
1: Yeah, I just think, though, I, I right now it's really tugging at the heartstrings. But if they keep doing this for a long time, it's going to get annoying. But right now, it really makes <laughs> a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. But this, also, this episode very much feels like a turning point
0: in that storyline. Uh, I think, I hope, Archie is going to move past this and forward in some way because... As we'll get to in a moment, he goes
1: way too far by the end of the episode. Also, a, he, you know, a surprise guest shows up that will hopefully be his guiding, you know. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in a
0: moment, too. Uh, so then we jump back to Jughead. Jughead wants Charles to track down his grandpa. Uh, and then we jump over. There's so much. I, I wrote down so many things like this is the, most the liquor I, store license gets revoked. This is maybe the most notes I've ever written down for an episode because so many things happen this uh, week. Uh, But yeah, Pop reveals that the liquor license has been revoked. Uh, Veronica is like, we're going to fight it in the long term, but in the short term, uh, we're going to host a big party blowout. Which sure fine, and then Pop has another great line, which is, "No offense, Veronica,
1: your father no, wasn't dude, raised right. Yeah, he didn't raise you right. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I want yeah. more Pop. I That's really what I do. want. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Betty gets woken up to look at security footage by her mom. I mean, it's just there's no there's no time to digest anything. this shit just keeps piling on." I kept pausing the episode to write down my notes yeah. because I was like,
0: "This is going too quickly, it's too fast,
1: here. yeah,
0: too fast." Uh, so, yeah, this, this is one of the big things that happens with Betty. This episode uh, is Alice wakes Betty up. And reveals that Polly clawed a nurse's face off. As you and do. Betty's like, no, pal, Polly, my sister wouldn't do that. And then Charles shows her the security
1: footage, wait, wait, which is hysterical because Polly's done a lot of crazy shit. And the fact that Betty's like, nah, no, she wouldn't do that. Yeah, well. So this whole Polly storyline and what we find out here.
0: Uh, so Charles shows us the security footage. There's a great shot here. This episode, I believe, was directed by Gabriel Coria, who also directed the season premiere. He does a very good job on the show. He just hangs on Betty and let it happen from her perspective. So we can imagine how horrible it is, which mm-hmm. I really liked it a lot. Uh, and she goes to Polly, who's tied in the bed and Polly doesn't understand what's happening, doesn't remember anything, sobs and says she doesn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it over and over again. This suggests to me the thing that a lot of people suspected, which is that Polly
1: probably didn't call Betty on Halloween either, right? Oh, I don't. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. I didn't think about that. But you can't, I mean, there's a difference between, like, I mean, because sometimes she's making a lot of not smart choices, but this time, uh, by the way she was reacting, you could really tell that she was she didn't do it. I'm glad picked you up on yeah. that. Yeah, uh, clearly something's
0: going on, and as we find we find out later, exactly what's going on. Uh, though maybe there's more to it. Uh, then after we come back from the initial titles, uh, FP is setting up security cameras and a metal detector metal in the detector. community center.
1: It is crazy to me. But what's crazy is that's for Archie's mom, you know? Like wait, she's, what do you mean? She was the one throwing, shooting people up in that place, so, you know. Oh, so, but wait, what are you talking about? She didn't bring in a gun. She didn't bring in a gun, but she was shooting it. She was throwing oh, so it you around. you think, because she, the way FP set it up, they should have taken out Mary Andrews. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yep, that makes a lot of sense Pete. I see where you're coming from. Yep. Uh yeah, I do love the fact that Mrs. Burble is like, Archie, this is crazy that you're going out on the street. What you need to do instead, set up a tip line, get volunteers concentrated at a community center. He's like, great, I'll get my bat and I'm going to beat some shit out of people. Yeah. And then FP's like, OK, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up a metal detector. Then we're going to put in some security cameras. And Archie's like, got it. going to grab my bat and my mask and I am going to beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Listening very carefully to everybody. Uh, also, we get uh, reestablished With this kid, Eddie, who offers to help find Dodger. That's mainly a setup for later. Yeah. Uh, and then Abluida. Ablo- oh, how am I? Why am I not pronouncing this? Abluida. <laughs> oh
1: my God. <laughs> Abuela? Yeah. Ablu. Ablo- <laughs> stop. Let's stop. It's the godmother of, Ab- of Veronica. Ablo- right? It's Veronica's, Veronica's godmother.
0: grandmother. Veronica's grandmother. Oh, my God. I was able to say it so
1: well. That was hysterical. Abulita. Abulita? (laughs) Sounds wrong. You're saying it wrong. That's why it sounds (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Uh,
0: Veronica's grandmother uh, shows up again, which is very nice. I don't think we've seen her ever since. No, no, no. She was at uh, Veronica's Confirmation when she sang Bittersweet Symphony back at
1: like season two. Oh, wow. Okay. You don't remember that, Pete? No. Yeah. Somehow I didn't hang on to that. Yeah. My uh, bad. Do you do you remember at
0: least the confirmation where Veronica sang Bittersweet Symphony? Yeah. Like a totally normal
1: confirmation thing that happens. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Just okay. like how I remember when I w- did a college interview, I sang in front of the recruiter. Wait. Did you really? No. Um, Nobody does that except so uh, Veronica. Okay. Well, Veronica does that. She does that for
0: college interviews. She does that for press conferences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, She does it for weddings and bar
1: mitzvahs. I her. I I don't blame her. She's great. You know, let people see you when you're really shining. She is great. I know we're jumping ahead here. It's fascinating
0: to me that now with Josie gone, Veronica is the main singer on the show. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Uh, So, oh, you know, I'm just going to bust in with something right now because this just popped up. On our Patreon Slack, while we were talking about it, it is very timely here. Uh, so we have Patreon.com/slash. Wait, you got Club. the
1: Slack up right now? You can't even focus on the things that we're doing. I have notifications on my phone. Oh Pete. my god! Stop being so drunk. Uh,
0: so this is uh, from. Sh- Well, now his Christmas name is Santa Bullet on our Patreon Slack. He says, for the record, a mayor can't just revoke a liquor license. Mayors don't issue them. If there was an establishment that the mayor felt violating liquor laws, they would have to report them to the liquor authority. Then the liquor authority would do an investigation and issue a violation and a fine. A liquor license can't be revoked until the third violation. With each violation, there's a hearing before a judge and the judge decides if a liquor license is revoked. I am stunned, shocked, and appalled that Riverdale did not do the realistic (laughs) legal thing with this plotline.
1: I'm I'm done with the show. No, I can see why you're upset, (laughs) but you know, there's, you know, that doesn't the real life. You know, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that, Riverdale. <laughs> that would be
0: kind of amazing if Ver- Hiram's like, "I'm going to shut you down and I'm going to take away your liquor license," and they're like, "Okay, we're going to go to three trials now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, uh. So uh, moving on. Uh, where were we? We were talking about Veronica. So, so- abluida Ablu Stop! Uh, like, oh it, my God! God. Don't why would you I go there? Why started. would
1: you go back I don't to know. that? I got stuck you in are it an beat. insane person. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we go it. back uh, so to the fact that FBI Charles found uh, Jughead's grandpa? Well, wait. We we got to mention though
0: that uh, Veronica gets the rum recipe right. from her grandmother uh, and recipe. also tells her. What Hiram has been up to uh, But then yeah, Charles immediately tracks down Jughead's grandpa's like, oh yeah, there's a P.O. box, don't even worry about it Because I just that's want what the s-
1: FBI does I just want someone to punch Charles in the throat Because I'm sick of this fake FBI Agent guy
0: Well, he's definitely a real FBI no, agent No, he it's is fascinating. Not. It was fascinating to me that There was none of the chick stuff None of the subterfuge in this episode yeah, That it was all helpful
1: yeah. No. It yeah, he's pretending to be an FBI agent
0: really well. I don't think that's true. Uh then we get Betty and Alice talk. Polly got a call before the incident, and this is a hilarious scene because yeah, don't answer your phone. Yeah, Betty's like it seems like a phone call that she got right before that forced her to try to kill nurse Betty <laughs> ring
1: and ring. cut her up. Ring. And
0: then there's a phone call and Hello. Betty's like, go get that phone call. Why? And Alice gets it, grabs the knife and Betty talking for all of us is like, my God, it's like you're hypnotized. What should I do? Claps and breaks it. And Alice has no idea what happened.
1: Luckily, she knows that's how you break it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how. If anybody comes with you a knife, that's why the you have the expression uh, "Don't bring a knife to a clap fight."
1: Yeah, or yeah, you clap or you snap your fingers. Any of those things. Any of those. Things Any of that.
0: those things would be a good expression. Don't bring a, a knife to a snap fight. <laughs> yeah. Either way. Yep. Either way, it works. Uh, Betty has Charles trace the call and finds out. We'll get to this in a moment, but it comes from Shankshaw Prison. Uh, then Shankshaw, Shankshaw. they well, I. Uh, it would be uh, ridiculous if they <laughs> hadn't already introduced the prison a couple of times. So, I'm like, it's fine. I'm it's, just. Yeah, it's it.
1: totally fine.
0: It's good. Uh, and then Ablulita. Oh goddammit, I thought I had Why? it. I thought I had it. <laughs> Why would time. you
1: keep doing this? <laughs> I'm the drunk one. Why are you being so stupid, Cornell? <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely Be gonna grim. get it this time. Oh yeah, I got it. I know it.
0: I thought. I thought I was just gonna power through what It was gonna happen. But man. Hiram's mother shows up, slaps him. And oh, that was
1: so great. That's the only time like he's really gotten what he deserved.
0: Yeah. And Veronica comes out and gloating that she got the rum recipe. Uh, Then we jump back to Mary. Mary tells Archie that Vic, the foreman, who we haven't heard about in a really long time, wants to buy him out of Andrew's construction. Now, I think that probably ties into what happens at the end of the episode with Uncle Frank, right? Like we're going to see more of the construction firm.
1: Yeah, I just... I don't know why you wouldn't take that deal immediately. Right? Neither one of those people are going into construction. Take the money and do something with it. Yeah, Uh, Archie's like, I'm a full-time student. You're literally eating out of canned foods in the back of your boxing ring. Like, what are you doing? Right. Take the deal...
0: Archie is currently a high school student on the football team managing a community center, fighting as a vigilante at night. Meanwhile, Mary is literally the only lawyer in Riverdale, the murder capital of the entire world. (laughs) So they're busy. Just sell the business. Don't even worry. about it. It's fine. But I think we are going to see that play in when it comes back in terms of this is the legacy that Fred left. Are they willing to give it up, which I think is dramatically... Dramatically fruitful, potentially. We'll see what happens. Well, don't you, don't you dare say your catchphrase. <laughs> it's, I, dude, swear I swear, God, Pete. Uh, and then Archie gets a call for the kids. They were attacked by Dodger. Uh, then we find out that the person who is doing there's some weird autocorrect. What was the synopsis? What 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 did I mean? Hypnosis, Ev- hypnosis, hypnosis. Corrected to synopsis. synopsis? That's crazy. Uh, so Evelyn is doing the hypnosis because through the farm techniques.
1: So that's no, what Betty figures out. The that was an unbelievable editing job on the show where it cut to Evelyn being like, "Took you long enough." That was hysterical. Absolutely fantastic. It's great. I'm so glad to
0: see her back. We will get to her in a second because she doesn't show up for a little bit. Uh, But first, Jughead finds his grandpa and his grandpa is played by an Played by an actor called Timothy Weber. He's living in a bus. Uh, He, uh, we've mentioned this before, but you probably recognize him from Once Upon a Time where he played the apprentice. Uh, And I thought this was a great introduction. I loved him living in a bus. I loved him pointing the shotgun at Jughead and then bringing him in, popping beers and drinking. I thought that was fun. What did you think of this performance?
1: I think it was great. I mean, it was just, uh, it was one of those things where it was like, uh, It was a little upsetting to me how casual Jughead was with all of this. Like, obviously, he's shocked or whatever, but, like, there he is, you know, just kind of, like, chilling. And it was just, uh, Jughead was just like, hey, what's up? Well, I
0: think Jughead's in mystery mode at this point, right? Like, he's trying to figure out what's going on at Stonewall to the point where he doesn't care about... Forsyth Forsythe says to him, you probably don't want to know what went down with your father. You probably want to know why I left all these things. And Jughead's like, I don't care. Tell me what would happen with DuPont in these books. And what I liked about this episode, even though about Jughead's plot line of this episode, even though I don't believe it in the long run. Is a lot of it was about wearing down Jughead, where he's always looking for these mysteries and trying to solve this stuff. And this episode was about uh, sometimes there's no mystery to solve. Sometimes it's just the easiest, simplest
1: explanation right in front of you. Alex. Alex, let me just ask you a question. Yes, yes Pete. Your yes, father Peter. told you horrible stories about his father and how he beat him and was horrible and left the family. And then you ran into the guy like, wouldn't you be upset? Wouldn't you be like, what the fuck? Like step on his neck, do something like just step like, on his neck. Yeah. Fuck that old guy. Like he really yeah. fucked over Jughead and, uh, you know, his father. Like it would have been nice to see some kind of emotion instead of casual dude. Like, hey, I'll probably never see you again after this. But like, hey, what's what's the deal with the, your writing? You
0: know? Yeah, I think, you know, if I thought about it realistically, if I met my grandfather for the first time, I'd probably curb stomp him.
1: Yes. Is that
0: what you're suggesting? Yes. I think that, yeah, that's a that's reasonable. That's a real greeting. That's a family <laughs> greeting. Yeah. Just a classic American history X type greeting. Yeah. You just know, just like
1: open it. up his mouth, put his front teeth <laughs> on on the sidewalk and then stomp on the top of his head. You know oh what I mean? Like God. a real greeting. <laughs> Uh, never uh,
0: somehow become part of my family. People. <laughs> I thought it was reasonable. I thought it made sense because he does, he has been told all these stories. He doesn't want to engage with him on an emotional level. He just wants to engage on an intellectual level. That's it. Fucking so it did make bullshit. sense to me. I get what you're saying, but he's also been very weirdly doubtful of all of this stuff. Like he hasn't totally trusted his dad about it um, because he's put, and like he talked with Mr. Mrs. Burble about the last episode, He's put all these ideas on his grandfather that he is something more, that maybe the stories weren't quite true. And I think a lot of that stems rather naturally for the fact that he's still repairing his relationship with his own father, with FP, yep. who he didn't trust for a really long time, who was kind of the same way. Yep. So jumping over to
1: show yes. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. This... Cheryl being so Cheryl in the greatest Cheryl possible Cheryl way. So Cheryl is sitting on the couch
0: with Jason, the corpse of her brother, and And Julian, the doll that is haunted by her other brother who she ate in the womb. Casually sitting there. Sets off a bug bomb and says, I was born in poison. I shall die in poison. Let me ask you this, Pete. Did you see what happened coming, or did you really think Cheryl was trying to kill herself?
1: I was like Cheryl, what the fuck are you doing? This is insane. <laughs> but what happened next? It would it was such a ah, oh, it was such a classic Cheryl thing. It was so great. But what an emotional roller coaster! And this is exactly why I love this show.
0: I normally I don't want to gloat too much. But I think we could pat ourselves pretty hard on the back because what happens is they set off the bug bomb. Yep. It turns out is a trick to get the person who has been torturing and gaslighting Cheryl out, and that person is none other than Penelope, who
1: has literally been hiding in the walls. And in the walls. She falls out of the walls, and Cheryl has a gas mask on. Unbelievable. But the thing
0: is this is exactly the thing that we have been joking about since basically the beginning of the season. You called it. We called it. We said literally, oh, Penelope is probably hiding in the walls. And it turns (laughs) out that (laughs) Penelope is hiding in the walls. So I don't know what that means, that my brain has broken enough to correctly predict Riverdale storylines, but certainly it's nothing good. Yeah. It's, it's you should great. talk to somebody. I definitely should sit down with Mrs. Burble and have a girl at this point because <laughs> something is broken in my brain. I uh, somebody pointed this out to us on Twitter, and I did love
1: this Cheryl wearing a on-brand red gas mask. Yep, delightful. Cheryl is so on-brand, even with her red queen speech. The, I, it, she's just fantastic. She goes way far. Insane, but she always comes back to Cheryl and is so gratifying every time. Yeah. Uh, And
0: uh, Penelope pops out and she says, Mumsy, what a surprise. Mm -hmm. And Penelope falls unconscious. We'll come back to that in a second. Uh, Then we get back to Jughead, excuse me, who has a good conversation with Forsyth. He asks him about Francis DuPont. He tells him his facts are mixed up. Uh, I think this is a little later on. Uh, yeah, but Forsyth explains... We could kind of jump ahead to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Forsyth explains that he was burning out at Snowed Wall, so he quit, and he only had the one Baxter Brothers book, and he sold it to DuPont for $5,000. And when it ended up becoming a phenomenal success... That's what led to his drinking. That's what it led to his bitterness. He ended up beating FP, and he realized that he had become such a bad person that he ran away. And though, of course, that doesn't justify any of that behavior, it certainly does explain it in a very reasonable way. I'll ask you this, though, Pete. Do you think that's
1: the true story? I do not. And also, what bothered me was Jughead being like, just sitting there after he casually says he burned out. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're an amazing writer. Were you pressured like I'm being pressured? Are you being, like, you know, tortured by these other students? Like, so many questions Jughead should be, have for this guy who is in the his exact same shoes, who's going through so much shit, and he's just standing there nodding his head, and it was driving me crazy, because I was like, if Betty was here, she'd be asking questions, Jughead. She would, uh-
0: I mean, ultimately, I think Betty is probably a better investigator than Jughead. Jughead yeah. just kind of likes to run in places and make accusations. And he he's, as we see towards the end of the episode, is much more impulsive than she is. She's more methodical. She runs through all the clues. He's like, I have an idea. I have a theory. I'm going to prove that theory. In that way, Betty is more like a journalist and he's more like a blogger, I'd say. Wow, I don't even
1: know where to begin. I with just that.
0: ripped myself here. Like, this was I self owned basically at this point. Okay. Don't even worry about it. That's uh, so say, then, man. just to jump back to it, uh, Archie complains about Dodger to FP, and FP's like, all right, I guess I'll do this thing I really want to do, which is be I'll, a serpent again. Let me change clothes. Yeah, just let me get changed first. Love that. Uh, mm-hmm. And. He the exchange he makes, he says, I'll do this for you, but you've got to give up being a vigilante first. And your dad would hate this, but I don't care. We're going to do it anyway. Uh, And they set it up. Archie Archie fucking agrees to it. Archie agrees to it and then backs out of the agreement. Fucking asshole. Like a little asshole. Yeah. Archie approaches Bill and Fagan Dickinson. Bill was the other one. And then. Enter
1: FP wearing the serpent jacket This was fantastic entrance And then that headbutt Come on, that headbutt though? It's great He's... Listen, I love Skeet Ulrich
0: Please, let's utilize
1: the Skeet more Come on I
0: am proud of FP as a character For raising his station And becoming the ridiculous sheriff of Riverdale (laughs) Skeet already is so much better as a serpent king. Yeah. Just like it's, he's clearly just eating it up the entire time. Oh. I don't know about you, but I just heard like the first licks of back in black when he came out in the oh, jacket yeah. and everything. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so they fight. Uh, and then uh, we cut back to what Cheryl's main plan is, <laughs> which is bonkers. She yep. has Penelope tied up. Tony, Nana Rose, the babies are there somewhere on the side. We hear them crying. Jason and the doll are all sitting there. Yeah. And they're putting Penelope on trial. She says, Straight oh, you used to read Alice in Wonderland. What? Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, you used to read Alice in Wonderland. And she says, oh, so you're Alice. And she says, no, mother, I'm the Red Queen, Queen. and I'm putting you on trial. We get to hear her say cuckoo bananas one more time. Everybody's absolutely favorite Cheryl line. And she lays out all of Penelope's crimes and says, how do you plead? Now, what do you think about this? Because I was a little torred about this whole plot line. It seemed like you liked it, Pete.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, what's nice about Cheryl is she... Is completely insane but also very powerful but also leaves the window open to explain yourself like she's like mom all you did was torture me my whole life and instead of just throwing her into the sex bunker right away she was like I'll give you an opportunity
0: to me it felt like a plot way of keeping Penelope around and not just throwing her in prison again, frankly. Uh, which How dare you? Uh, it was. Madeline Patch did a great job. Everybody did a great job. Natalie me, Bode, uh, who please. Hold
1: on a second, Sal. Yes. If your mother tortured the <laughs> shit out of you, sure. Would you throw her in jail or would you put her in a place where you could return the favor and torture the shit out of her? I do
0: have an empty sex bunker that I'm right, not using. Right, right. So to your point, I think I'd probably go for that. S- so yeah, then shut right. the fuck up. All right, you're right. Sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> uh, then we cut back to you. FP and Archie hanging out at Pops. They say I gotta f- say that felt good.
1: Yeah. Uh, FP and Archie do the Predator thing. Yeah. Love that. They do the so Predator great. handshake it's fun to see them having fun together it is fun it's fun to see fp he shouldn't be doing that or encouraging that in any way but uh, he but explains that he was like your father's rolling over his grave but you know i think he'd understand which i really agreed with Yeah. Uh, And then we jump back to the
0: Jughead and Forsyth scene that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Jughead explains that he thought Dupont was killing people and Forsyth laughs at him. And he tells him, listen, stop avoiding it. Take the chances that you're given. And again, I'm sure this is going to turn out badly. Based on what happens at the end of the episode. But uh, I I like this lesson that Jughead needs to learn that it's the same thing Mrs. Burble is telling of the last episode is stop looking for the next thing. Stop looking at the worst thing. Figure out what you have right now is good and be happy with it.
1: Well, first off, I want to say that maybe uh, a little bit of underlying that is you should appreciate Betty more. But OK, sure. But also, I was really How ho- often real quick. Pete, how often should you appreciate Betty? As often as you possibly can. Like
0: once a week or how often would you? say? no,
1: screw you, once a week. What are you, some kind of asshole?
0: So, how often, Pete, how often uh, should you appreciate Betty? At least four times a week. At least four times a week? Not Not seven times a week,
1: Pete? Oh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you you know. Not 24 hours a day? Not, Pete. They're Send both up very to... cr- busy crime fighters, Alvin. There's a lot going on in Riverdale. I don't know Pete, if you've I'm noticed. you up for Riverdale here, Pete. is constantly burning to the ground. Take the bait, Pete. No, I'm saying a reasonable answer is four times a week. Oh, my God. Betty, four times a week,
0: once a week. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> you son of a bitch.
1: I finally got it, what you're oh saying, my God. That's hilarious. Ugh. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Feed, it's like feeding you porridge Okay, let like, me ask no, you don't something want,
1: Don't want it When Grandpa was drinking in front of Jughead You didn't wish that he would have grabbed that bottle out of his hand And, smacked his, and just smashed it over his head or something? No, I was, was mostly all?
0: interested in what kind of beer that was Because it looked like a very old-timey It was a Grolsch,
1: you fucking asshole That's the <laughs> It topic. was a Grolsch? Yeah Hmm
0: Hmm I'd love to drink with uh, Forsyth Pendleton Jones, the first. That would be fun. He would beat you. Oh, the stories he'd have. <laughs>
1: You're fucking unbelievable.
0: So let's jump to the scene you mentioned earlier. Betty confronts Evelyn in the prison. Yeah. Evelyn reveals uh, that there was an activation that turns everybody into Betty. And
1: they their goal is to kill Dark Betty. Uh, so Yes, Pete. Who- Let's just talk about how obsessed this cult is with Betty. Yes. They're not obsessed with Archie. They're not obsessed with Jughead. It's Betty all day, every day, because she's the best. And this
0: is Edgar Evernever's vengeance from beyond the grave that Evelyn is just kind of seeing through. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, and she says, elegant, is in it? Betty says, you're a psycho. And there's a great (laughs) reaction from Zoe de Grande-Maison, who plays Evelyn, where she says, you're a psycho. And then she just goes,
1: "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's it. I love that. Just nodding
1: and kind of enjoying it.
0: I love that they're keeping her around. Like, I know you don't like characters like this, Pete, but I love having these random villain characters like Evelyn, who does such a good job on the show, just there to pop up when we need them. I think that's a lot of fun. But she also reveals that the trigger word is tangerine three times, Classic Candyman or Beetlejuice rules. Oh, yeah. And she taunts Betty with it. She says, Tangerine, Tangerine, Tanja, and Betty hangs up the phone in the prison, runs away. Then we cut back to Pops, where shades of season two, a gunman comes in to Pops and shoots FP, and Archie can't save him. Just it like seem- how he-
1: almost seemed like Archie pushed him in the way of the bullet. I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> no, but he pushed him on the way and he still got shot, which says yeah. Archie's. It not was weird that Archie shouted
0: but- Take him instead.
1: Yeah. Which was rude. Uh, but yeah, it
0: was the same thing that happened with Fred back at the oh. season two finale, so we got a uh, you know, an echo there. But Effie is totally fine. He's like, Whatever, got shot, no big deal. Don't regret anything. Pops and needs the metal detector. And then we got what I thought was the funniest moment in the entire episode where Archie and FP are like, um, uh, I don't know who it was. It was a mask. I think it was Dodger. Maybe it wasn't Dodger. And then Fags, who nobody's talked about the entire episode, nobody has referred for, to in weeks at episodes. this point episodes last time we saw him he was just getting deprogrammed from a cult walks in and it's like yeah it's dodger and uh you gotta go take him down and everybody's like what the fuck are you doing here (laughs) fangs what is happening random
1: fang sighting Random fang sighting uh he's a serpent again i guess yeah rocking the serpent jacket like nothing happened yeah and then fangs aren't you married to kev what's up bro I don't know what's going on. FP is like, you're on Thinites, Fags. And they're like, for what? What's happening? Oh, my God. Fags. Fags. We need the Fags backstory. Don't, don't just leave us. You've got a lot to answer for. Yeah, where's Sweet Pea? Is also, he still in the chat? what's going tank? on with the farm? You were there. Where's Jelly
0: Bean, for that matter? Is she still playing Minecraft? What's going on? <laughs> Fags. We're all... We've got a lot of questions. Fags. Fags, come back. Fags.
1: Oh, man.
0: anyway, Archie immediately leaves to go get Dodger before he leaves town because Dodger is going
1: to flee town, even though like, he promised FP he still one. Classic
0: Archie, though. Uh, then we jump over to Charles, who says the trigger word to Betty three times. Oh, He's Charles. like, well, better test it.
1: Figure out what's going on uh and yeah great and, idea charles you fucking asshole let's just trigger betty a bunch of times well
0: nothing happens which uh, granted though this makes me think that charles chick and evelyn are all working together oh do you think you think so <laughs> to think? save riverdale is the second oh, part of that my sentence
1: god you're fucking oh,
0: i don't know how yet but we'll we'll figure you it so out so much Uh, We jump back to Cheryl. She's looking for a reason to spare Penelope's life. Wants to know why she was always so cruel. Uh, Was it because she's in love with Tony? And there's a great line for Penelope where she says, It wasn't your happiness with the she-goblin I wanted to destroy.
1: Which, harsh to Tony. Super harsh. And they cut to Tony. And Tony was actually a lot cooler than I thought she would be about it. Yeah.
0: I... She goblin throws me a little bit because I felt like goblin was kind of like a catch all term for goblins, but it turns out there's goblins and she goblins.
1: So that rocked my whole world. Okay. All right. Wow. Thanks for Uh, opening up about that. I would just like Tony to stand (laughs) up for herself a little bit and like maybe backhand the mom, you know what I mean? This should have, uh, there should have been a lot more slapping
0: in this episode. I think across the board, Uh, she is upset. It turns out Penelope is upset because, in the craziest way, that Cheryl is happy with Jason. And she says, if I can't be happy with Jason, nobody can be. So Cheryl says, you know what? I'm going to send you somewhere horrible. You're not going to prison.
1: You're going to be punished. You're guilty. You're going to go to the sex bunker where literally we've stored corpses. (laughs) There has been crazy (laughs) candle sex. You don't want to live there, and that's where you're going to be. It smells terrible. I can't imagine how
0: that smells. And just to bring it home, yeah, Cheryl brings Pedalopoli back to the bunker. She wakes up there. She locks her down there. Uh, We don't get to see it, but I assume a couple of kids who have signed up on the sign-up list are like, oh, is it not our turn right now to have sex in the sex bunker? Uh, There's also a weird look Was that that Marvin
1: the Martian
0: As a kid Was that the that I don't feel a need To clarify What is going on With my amazing Impersonation (laughs) (laughs) speed But maybe it was (laughs) A death ray perhaps Oh my god Uh, Then we jump over To Le Bon Nuit And in Le Bon Nuit uh, We briefly see Reggie He pops up uh, But Veronica and Hiram Are also there Uh, Hiram has brought in the interviewer from Columbia, Shoshana
1: Rutherford. To see Veronica running an underground, serving alcohol to Miner's Place. And here's where his plan
0: for me immediately backfires. Because as actually happens there... In a weird, ridiculous way But there is no recruiter Who'd be like, oh, you're a teenager Who runs two thriving Businesses in a small town While still getting High enough grades to potentially be Able to get into Harvard That's bad
1: No, Mm -hmm. but it's also illegal What she's doing, right? I mean, like She's not Serving people I, I, I guess I don't
0: know, I think like that's the sort of thing that college admissions eat up. Like, they love that. And, Is that and, how
1: you got into Cornell? You were like, listen, I'm running an illegal sex dungeon, <laughs> and I should get into Cornell. Yeah, I basically was like,
0: hey, I'm starting a crazy amount of cocaine right now. What do you think, <laughs> Cornell? Let's do it. They're doing it on the commons, so let's go. <laughs>
1: My God, don't bring the commons into your weird
0: ass Sorry shit. to sell out the former mayor of Ithaca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, man, Ithaca hours, man. Come on.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You yep. do know what I'm talking about, Pete. Uh, then we go back to Archie. The Dickinsons are getting out of town, but Archie approaches them with a bat. Dodger's like, forget <laughs> the gun of the bat. We're going to have a brawl. And we get a oh, classic. This classic- was so great. This is fun. Uh, This was way less disturbing than the last time we got this when Cheryl and Tony were having very graphic sex at the same time Archie was fighting. And I was like, yo, somebody's going to get a fucked up fetish out of this. Uh, Here, we just get to see Archie and Dodger brawling while, excuse me, Veronica and Kevin are singing Saturday Night is All Right for Fighting. Oh, it's so great. And the way Switchblade really
1: lined up there, that was unbelievable. Super (laughs) fun. I thought.
0: This is a fun cover. I thought the choreography was fun. I I like this quite a bit.
1: Also, it's great to see Kevin doing handling business, killing it a little bit, you know. Let
0: him do more. He was supposed to be the MC of the cabaret. Yeah. Come on. Let him let him show up more. Let him do more stuff. Uh, but Archie in the meantime nearly kills Dodger. Darla, who's his mom or girlfriend, unclear. He's sobbing, is screening. Um And Archie's like, I said, yeah, I'm going to I said I'd kill him. I said I'd break him. He'd never walk again. But of course, all the kids are there to see what Archie is doing. And Archie realizes
1: he's gone too far, which is weird, because if I was that those kids, I would be like, this is the coolest place I've ever been to. And everybody should come here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cooler even than, than a video game arcade with the free pizza parties that makes me do crime. <laughs> and then back at Labanui, Harem does a very rude slow clap and reveals that he has patented the rump recipe and shuts down Veronica that way. And just to wrap up Veronica's storyline, she talks to Miss Rutherford, who explains they're always looking for people with good stories. And ask her to tell her story. And so it sounds like maybe she's going to get into Columbia, which is interesting. I don't think it's going to happen, but it does set up what's going to happen on February 5th. Which is we're going to see a crossover episode between Riverdale and Katie Keene, where Veronica is going to visit her friend Katie Keene in New York before the premiere of Katie Keane, uh, and I think she's going to do that in order to check out Columbia and see
1: if that's a school she wants to go to you, but ultimately, do you think the fact that you know too much ruins your enjoyment of the show? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it doesn't I, I think, like, uh, in this case It's totally fine um, But yeah, I think we are going to see, like Her Visit Columbia, check it out But ultimately, I'm getting more and more convinced That they're all going to end up in the same place Next RCC.
1: year but- RCC RCC
0: Uh, Then uh, Where were we We're back with Betty Betty sees herself Her litter self Coming out of the door Of the house Little Betty Points to Caramel the cat Now back in the day She was forced to kill Caramel the cat Who got hurt By Hal Cooper Her serial killer father Uh, And Betty looks down She's got the Nail marks In her palm How'd you feel about that Pete It was great to see
1: those again Great? Yeah Yeah It's awful No Dark Betty Let's get it Come on No
0: That's bad That's bad for her That's bad for everybody
1: No way man
0: You're wrong Bad for Betty Bad for Riverdale Vote me in 2020 No more (laughs) dark Bettys That's what I'll say Uh, And then uh, Jughead visits FP in the hospital Archie approaches But hangs back uh, And Jughead tells FP What he learned About Forsyth uh, and that he feels bad about being a bad dad uh, And then uh, Yeah, so just to kind of wrap that up uh, He's like, hey, do you think You would want your grandpa to visit you? And FP's like, well, I'm here for a day If he comes by, I can't stop him And Jughead returns to Forsyth's bus But he's gone Comes
1: back to the hospital now, Tells. Let me ask you Because yes. Jughead was like, oh, he must have ran away I thought, because the last thing old grandpa said was like, oh, well, not the last thing, but one of the last things was like, I'd be dead if, you know, that was true and he's gone. And I didn't think like ran away. I thought, oh, maybe the skull and quill got him or some
0: shit. Oh, absolutely. I think there's no doubt in my mind. The last time we saw that happen with a character was Moose Mason. Moose Mason was in... The room with Jughead disappeared overnight. All of his stuff was cleared out. And then Donna Sweet showed some text messages that were very sketchy, being like, oh, yeah, Moose just, you know, is having a good time. Don't even worry about it.
1: Yeah, nobody cares about Moose anymore. Why right. is nobody asking about Moose? I
0: I don't think Moose or Grandpa Jones are dead necessarily, but I think they're definitely taken. Like, all of this stuff is a feint, because I think we're going to find out that everything Jughead believed was true, right? Yeah. So you're saying this is
1: a big Taken crossover? Uh, yes, that's exactly what I was saying. Well, Thank Liam you cat- going to show catch up it and say, talk about his special skill set? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, his special skills are writing Baxter Brothers novels. <laughs> so uh, then Tony and Cheryl talk, and Cheryl decides it is time. She is going to bury Jason. We get a whiplash of tones where it suddenly gets very serious and emotional. Uh, and Tony. I sort of love this line. I don't think this is what they meant at all, but Tony is, says, Cheryl, are you sure? But I read it as like, oh, Cheryl, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> like, very like,
1: yeah, oh, no shit, Cheryl. Wa-
0: yeah. Do you want to keep the dead body of your brother in our house for much longer? The one that the rats are crawling out of? You want to do that? Is that okay? Tony, an amazing,
1: supportive girlfriend.
0: The best. Uh, Then we get Archie is sitting in the dark. Mary approaches. Uh, She sees him, says, who did this to you? And he says, I did. I did did it to me, mom. And he doesn't understand how Dodger gets to live, but not Fred. And he calls himself a monster. And Mary says, you're not a monster. You're just still hurting. Mm. Very sweet. Very sad. Yeah. Uh, and then we jump over to Jughead. Jughead gets back to school. He signs the contract to do the Baxter
1: Brothers novels. And he gets a note that Which says, is insane to me because this place has been nothing but people trying to kill him. People trying to undercut everything that he stands for and make fun of him to his face. Yet, oh yeah, I'll sign this. This is going to be so legit. Well, he... I honestly think it makes sense.
0: Like, he knows his family has been poor their entire lives. They lost their home multiple times. This means buddy. This means comfort. This means you're not just getting an income from FP as sheriff. You're also getting from the Baxter. What about books? all the
1: research he did where everybody died? That just goes out the window because money's being waved Bec- around?
0: Well, that and also he's being told from multiple sources that he's just... Looking into it too much So I think he starts to believe the hype And he's like, "All right, it's fine This isn't a mystery, everything's good And then he gets a note Gets called into the woods Gets to the woods And everybody's there in robes, there are torches They want him to sign the dark book Of the Dark Lord on his 16th birthday And pledge himself to the Dark Lord And become a full witch Oh, is that the wrong show? Yeah Oh, okay. So he gets into the woods and he says, this is the part where you kill me. And they say, and Brett says, no, you ass. It's an initiation, which I loved. They had him a skull. Because
1: most of the time they have been trying to kill him.
0: Sure. Uh, he smashes the skull and inside is a quill and skull pin. And now he's in the quill and skull. Was that
1: a little uh, disappointing for you? Because I was like, if that's just the fucking quill, I'm going to be pissed. And it was.
0: I all of this is to make us think what Jughead thinks now, which is that nothing is wrong. That that's all it is. Like it's basically to Who's make us think is that, man? this is just a classic secret society. Nothing weird. Like Jughead, and... you might be
1: crushing your grandpa's skull right now, man.
0: I did think that. I don't think it's that though. But I think, if anything, it parallels what happens to Jughead in the last Seed, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but first, Cheryl calls everybody, invites them to the Sweetwater River. Jason is in a boat. Everybody's looking on. Uh, Cheryl sobs and gives Jason a Viking funeral. The old
1: Viking funeral, man. Come the on. The old Viking Nobody funeral. Nobody does that anymore. I, you know, that's what I want. And I want, then we get a, a really... <laughs>
0: Is that what you want, Pete? I want a
1: Star Wars fucking Viking funeral,
0: bro. That's... You want me to put you on a pyre and set you on fire with your mask and everything? Yeah. I want to go out like Vader. You know you're not going to force Ghost as a younger, hotter version of yourself, right? Fuck you, I'm not. (laughs) Then we get a very sweet line where Cheryl and Tony are sitting down afterwards, and Cheryl crying, says, he was a good brother, Tony. I wish you could have met him for
1: real. Which I thought was very sweet and and sad. Tony doesn't say anything. Like she wasn't like, you know, she could have said a bunch of crazy stuff, but she said like the nicest thing possible. Yeah, doesn't she say I'm
0: sure he was or something like that? Yeah, very sweet.
1: Tony's the best. She's the best. Tony's the
0: best. She's the best of us. She always was the best of us. Uh, and then Archie is presumably eating eggs in the gym or something like that. But he only eats eggs, or maybe some of the crispy no, turkey for like Thanksgiving. Beans
1: out of a can. He was eating between his legs. It was kind of oh, sad. Man, classic Rorschach behavior. Uh, and then
0: Uncle Frank enters. He's dressed like Fred, almost exactly.
1: What are you? How are you feeling, Pete? What do you think about this? Hey, how the fuck does Archie not know about Uncle Frank? That was a big, like, wait, what? I mean, I'm sure we're going to find out more about it, but
0: uh, he's definitely going to be here for a while. And I'm very curious to see how he's going to be like Fred and how he's going to be different than Fred. Uh, I hope he is not just a Fred substitute. I hope there's more going on there. And I assume there would be. No, I just, you know, don't try to be Fred, man. Uh, then Betty can't sleep she gets out of bed looks in the mirror does the tangerine cue downstairs Alice heals a crash she runs upstairs and sees Betty back in bed Betty says I wanted to make sure it was gone the dark part of myself and it was and switches off the light Alice looks around and it turns out Betty smashed the mirror Yeah. so her cue is, she is not cleared of the tangerine at all No, that's, we f-
1: that was super clear of the tangerine Wait, what? If you break the mirror, that means you're clear of the tangerine curse. No, it's everybody the is.
0: opposite, Pete. She no. tried to kill the Betty in the mirror.
1: No, 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 no. You obviously, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror late at night, you punch it and shatter it. That's Everybody mm. does that before they go to bed. Well, you do
0: that because you have that whole curse from the witch, right? That makes all of your plates and dishes and everything dance around and sing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you don't want to look at your beastly debater. <laughs> yeah. Uh then we jump forward to four weeks later. Jughead is lying on the ground. He is bloodied. He's clearly been wounded. Betty is holding a rock just like the rock that bashed in the skull. And Archie tests his pulse and says he's dead. What did you do, Betty?
1: Also, Archie's Betty. not a doctor. Why is anybody listening to the fact that Archie touched somebody's neck? That's I'm the sorry. dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Pete, there has been four
0: weeks between the last time we've seen <laughs> Archie and now. It is entirely possible. That also, Archie why is a can't you say a
1: fucking month? Don't four weeks. What the fuck is that? That's really- now. The reason
0: it's four weeks is because. This is just my suspicion at this point. I don't think it means literally four weeks, like up to January eighteenth or whatever, because I believe the show is coming back on uh, January twenty second. But what I think it means is there's going to be a four episode countdown
1: to when we're going to loop back to this and see what actually happened. Okay. Well, you're giving the show more credit than I am. I'm just saying I will give the show all my credit. Say a month, asshole. You know what I mean?
0: Here's the thing. I am the Tony to uh, Riverdale Cheryl. I support it no matter what, unequivocally. It does crazy shit. I'm there for it.
1: I'm just saying if Archie told me somebody was dead, I would not believe him.
0: All right. Uh, Before we wrap up, though, we did get, I think, a bunch of tweets from you all. So let's uh, rip through those real quickly. All right. Here we go. This is the first one from Georgia or at Bughead Legacy on Twitter. Well, that, quote, Tangerine thing creeped me out. I cried my eyes out when FP got shot. Poor Archie. And Betty, I don't even know what to say. That finale was epic. I still don't think Jughead is dead. Maybe he needs inspiration for writing, and they're making up a seed to help him. So let's talk about that ending. Let's talk about the theories. The two popular theories right now are that we're seeing a story that Jughead wrote, and the other one is that he's doing something to hide out from the Stonewall Prep kids, from the Quill and Skull Society.
1: Where are you leading now, or do you have a third theory, Pete? Okay, well, first off, I want to talk about the fact that she was crying over that part. Uh, did you get emotional? That's, that's very interesting that she got emotional during that part. That did not strike me as an emotional moment, but it's kind of cool that somebody saw that and was, got touched by it.
0: Yeah. People get touched by different things. I think there's certainly something be said for the Thanks fact. So. Yes. Emotions are different for different people. I'm wow. a therapist. Good thing you went to <laughs> Cornell. I am the Mrs. Burble of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, But, you know, the FP thing Paralleled the Fred thing, and I think there was Something sad and poignant about that Um, So I don't know, but uh, let's talk Let's get to the theories, because I do think That's the big thing people are going to be talking about over the next Couple of weeks I feel like the whole it's just a Story thing was shot Down by Jughead actually Reading the story at the Beginning of the episode. Instead, I Do think whatever we're seeing is actually Happening, but I still don't think Jughead is dead, and I don't think Betty killed him.
1: Well, what's upsetting to me is I was really pulling for Jughead doing this whole fake death thing to win the kind of writing contest, so that kind of got thrown out the window. Uh, but, yeah, I also don't think Pete, maybe
0: there's a second writing contest. Ooh, there are a lot of writing contests. <laughs> there are. Maybe he's trying to win the Booker Prize. Ooh,
1: I, I just think that, like— uh, they steer us too much at the end of these things so i'm not going to fall for it again <laughs> but i i do think it's i like the fact that they were like oh it's not what you think jug has not faking this like to win the writing contest this is something different from that so i'm happy about that new information but i don't want to start fucking spinning about what this could mean Because I just feel like the setup of Dark Betty and uh, Dark Betty not killing the cat, killing Jughead just is too easy right now.
0: Yeah, I think it's still a fake in my mind, particularly given the fact that Brett and Donna say they saw it. I think whatever it is, it's to get out of the Quill and Skull Society, it's to trick them in some way, because they're not going to kill him. They're not going to break up Bughead. Yeah,
1: basically, yeah, Jughead... Didn't follow one of the rules, and now he's, you know, murdered. Yep. Uh, Couple of tweets from Sarah without
0: an H, at me without H on Twitter. Uh, In episode five, DuPont really pushes Jughead about meeting FP. Then in episode six, when Jug confronts DuPont about his grandfather being the author of the Baxter Brothers, DuPont goes off about Jug's father and calls FP a thief and much worse. Think anything deeper there.
1: Well, that's very interesting because maybe DuPont was like, hey, I could get Jughead to find his grandpa. And then I don't Mm. have to worry about whether he's alive or dead. This guy will get to the bottom of this.
0: I like that idea a lot, particularly because there is a Stonewall four. There's four people that disappeared. And I think we're definitely not done talking about them. So there's a lot more going on with Pendleton Jones family. Uh, also from Sarah Without an H, I would like to think this has to do with Betty's hypnosis. She seems to be under, and maybe the gang is trying to convince Betty she did this. It honestly has me quite perplexed as to how they're spitting this. Uh, me too, just based on Betty's reaction there, which
1: seemed very honest. Yeah. And it was also remind me of Polly being like, I didn't do this. Yeah, uh, and then last thing she says,
0: uh, sadly he's not here for this one, but Justin should be happy. Betty killing Jughead clearly makes room for Barchi to happen. Uh, what do you have to say to that, Pete?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, that would be the case if that is what's going to happen, but no, that's, I don't think that's going to happen, so I don't have to worry about that. And uh, fuck Justin and the fact that he's in New Orleans living the life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he's making his own personal barchy happen with um,
0: with a fan boat or an alligator or something like that. I don't know. I don't know much about. He's no a married audience.
1: man. What the fuck are you doing, man?
0: You you really think his wife is going to have problems with him cheating on her with a fan boat? Yeah. Okay.
1: I cheating, think
0: inad- if you're at a different different zip codes, different inanimate objects. That's what I always say. Okay, this is from Amdo at Adorney5 on Twitter. Uh, i got to stop saying Twitter. They're all on Twitter. Uh, no way Betty killed Jug, tangerines or not. I cried when FP got shot. Why did they do that to poor Archie? Well, lots of people well, crying at FP. People crying Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so glad Cheryl is finally free of Bubsy. It is on lockdown. And loving Kevin. Uh, I agree on that one in particular. We need more Kevin.
1: Yeah, I That's want what we more need Kev. in the second
0: half of the season. Yeah. And I like to the point that I was saying about Evelyn. I like having these villains around, so I'm glad they kept Penelope
1: around. How do you feel, Pete? Yeah, just why do you want bad people in your life, Zelbin? You ever thought about that? Why they do you make like? You feel good. I feel good by comparison. Yeah, you're fucked
0: up, man. From Stephen Kaufman, how do you think Riverdale will handle the gang going off to college? Also, do you think that Betty killing Jughead is a way to get Parchy to happen? <laughs> Lots of people think it's wow. going to happen. I. I sort of, and we talked about this on a previous podcast, I sort of think maybe just in the sense of whatever fake they're doing to sort of double down on that fake, I think they might fake Barchi, rile fans up, make them scream and angry, and then reveal that was all part of the
1: plan. Oh, that would be fucked up if they did that. It would, yeah. I don't want to uh, go on how, that emotional roller coaster. How do you feel, how do
0: you think Riverdale is going to handle the gang going to college at this point? What are your thoughts?
1: I, if, as we talked about, it, I'm super nervous about it, because Saved by the Bell didn't do well with it. Um, I don't know, because I, are they going to all hang out in a lo- lounge, and people are going to come in to visit? And, like, how is that going to work? Um, I don't know. It, it, I'm... I'm not excited about them leaving a place where they're not all together. I think they're still going to be
0: together. I think we're going to see. We've seen there's an Ivy League college or whatever in Riverdale. There's a community college at Riverdale. There's chances to work at Riverdale. I think next season we're going to see them all there. You know, but maybe in different schools in different places. Cool. They they barely go to school as it is, Pete. That's true. They can just meet at Pops and hang out, I guess. Uh, this is a follow up from Alaria Lafredi. When will Barchi happen, Hart? Now I've said this on the podcast before. I am out of the Barchi guessing game because I've been wrong for three seasons so far. But Pete, do you think, other than what we just talked about with this potential fake out theory, will Barchi ever happen? When no. will it ever happen? Let no, it never? Go,
1: people. It's a different beast. This is a different world. And Jughead and Betty are solid gold, so get on board. <laughs> solid
0: gold. Do you know what gold is? It's the softest metal piece. Yeah. It's pliable and you can tear it apart even with your teeth. Wow, I was thinking a
1: different scenario, but okay.
0: All right. Uh, this is from non echo at Lily Cole 905. I used to think it was Jug's story, but now I think it's a runaround for Donna and Brett to make believe he is actually dead due to something with the Secret Society. I have to say, my least favorite episode of the season. Way too much going on with these stories. Wow. Um, uh, I will agree that there was so much that happened this episode. I do love the theory that we're seeing Donna and Brett's story, not Jughead's story, particularly because. A lot of fans probably already know this, but uh, Donna's Sweet is based on an actual author, Donna Tart, who wrote a book called The Secret Society that is about an elite school where a bunch of uh, preppies cover up a murder. And a lot of the things have been paralleling. Uh, What Happens in the Season, back in the book. Also, Brett Weston-Wallace is a parallel for Brett Easton-Ellis, who wrote a book called Rules of Attraction, which is about another group of messed up preppies in a college. Uh, So, I don't know. I kind of like the idea if there was a swerve there that they wrote this fanfic about killing off Jughead and turning Betty into a villain. I think that's fun. What do you think, Pete?
1: No, it's not fun goes against everything we're doing here but we did have a bunch of slower episodes so at some point they gotta go crazy with it i think they're just trying to kind of get through all of the insane things that they want to get through in the season riverdale is a high octane fucking intense show so buckle the fuck up uh, last
0: couple of tweets that we'll get to. And then we'll wrap up here from Conway, the Broadway stand. Is it possible that Brett and Donna set it up to make it look like Betty killed jug? Yeah. What do you think Pete? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some variation there. There's definitely something going on with Brett and Donna. They're not on the level. Uh, and another one, maybe we can hold the answer on this one, but is Pete still going to say Betty all day or er day? <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's hold on to that one and get to the end of the episode here uh, Talk about who is the MVP Of the episode Wait, wait, wait valuable We wanted to
1: talk about Proud Mary's uh, tweet as well
0: Ooh, I did Thanks for reminding me about that uh, This is one uh, This is a guy Michael Tashi That's hit me up about this A bunch of times uh, is wondering if Ike and Tina Turner's version of the song "Proud Mary" could be used in a new episode of Riverdale because the song is about a river and Riverdale is about a river. Uh, what do you
1: think? Well, I mean, especially after this episode where we got the Viking funeral on the on the river. Uh, yeah, why not? Sure, could be. They like to do stuff that's on the news like that. Tina so. is fantastic musician. So. Yeah, thank you for taking the controversial stance that Tina Turner is good. I, I appreciate that. Point of Sisters was the first concert I ever saw.
0: Really? Yep. Wow, my first concert was REM. Wow, that, that says a lot about us. It certainly does. Let's wrap it up talking about the MVP of the episode. Pete, who is your MVP for this episode?
1: You won't be surprised. It's Betty All Day Err Day. Uh, Even with her killing Jughead, Pete. She's not killing Jughead, all right? This was a flash forward where they always skew what's really happening to get us hooked on some bullshit. So, no, you have to look at what happened in this episode. And what happened in this episode was Betty not afraid to face her own demons, which is brave as shit, all right? (laughs) I wish I could do that.
0: All right, there we go. Uh, my MVP for the episode is Fangs. Fangs knows who he is,
1: doesn't care about anything,
0: busts into a place, comes into the middle of a conversation, has all the information that everybody knows, doesn't care about what anybody says, walks right out. Number one in my heart, always. All right. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you would like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 PM, at the people's improv theater loft in New York. Come on by. We will chat with you about Riverdale. There's a couple of places. You can check us out socially on Twitter after at Riverdale dark on Instagram at Riverdale after on Facebook at Riverdale after dark Uh, also to mention the show is going to be on break for a while it'll come back January 22nd Uh, but a couple of other things you can check out in the meantime we also have our Sabrina podcast chilling a podcast of Sabrina is going to be coming back at around the same time so please do subscribe to that feed so you can get constant uh, current episodes of that when that pops up on the 24th Uh, and also we're going to try to do a Katie Keene podcast in February we'll have a name and feeds for that and everything as that comes up too many podcasts man Never enough, never enough. We're going to do uh, five other podcasts that I'll mention to you later, Pete. Fuck. But It's going to be a lot of stuff. Uh, but if you do want to check out all of our podcasts, go to comicbookclublive.com. You can subscribe and comment on this podcast. And please do comment, because comments help us a lot on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And remember, we'll see you after dark.